This is Mythology and Folklore with Luke and Sasha. I'm Luke. And I'm Sasha. And today, we're going to be talking about Greek and Roman mythology. Finally, something that my partner has some information on. Barely. (laughs) I mean... One of the most controversial groups of mythologies. Partly because Rome invaded Greece. And then stole their mythology. As Rome ate the Mediterranean for breakfast. <laughs> As Rome ate the Mediterranean for so breakfast. Rome ate everything for breakfast. <laughs> I, just, I just love your wording Except there. Except for most of the Gauls. True. True. And the Scots. Because they were screwed at the Scots. Shall we, like, start, shall we start? Shall we start? Shall we start from the older one? The Greek mythology. Greekos. The creation story. Oh, this is a fun one. That is probably one of the most dark stories there is. So it starts with Chaos and Night, the two largest primordial bodies. Am I right about that? It was Nyx and Chaos. Nyx being Night. Yes. And so, then they mated, and then from that, from that sprang Gaia, the Earth, Mother Earth. Or, I don't know, how do you pronounce it? It's like... Gaia. No, Aureus. Aureus? Uranus. Uranus. Was, was that also sprung from Chaos and Nyx? Yes, because that was space, sky, etc. Mm. He was a sky. Yes. That is not space, that is sky. Space, sky, they had no idea what space was at the time. So, the two get married, they fall in love, as siblings do. <laughs> as mo- most Greek and Romans do. Um, hey, hey, at we least it wasn't with Alabama. the parents. At least it wasn't with the parents. Wait, what? At least Gaia didn't fall in love with Chaos or Nyx. And they create children that way. Where else does that happen? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a children fell in love with a if a child fell in love with a mother or a father in Greek mythology. This is Greek mythology after all. That is true. It's worse than the Bible Belt. <laughs> the what? Have you not heard the term the Bible Belt? No. Basically it's along that line where it's like Alabama and all those states where it's like marrying your second cousin is okay. Oh. Why is or it called cousin. the Bible Belt? I don't know. Because they're very religious? I mean, if that's the case, I guess you could include Ireland in the Bible Belt. Considering their history with it. (laughs) Catholics. Anyways, before we get into that. Um, Yeah, let's not delve into that. So, and then, so from, so the first race of children were the Titans. There were yes. 12 kids, and then of the whom most names I can't remember. Four strongest because of the four corners of the earth was Kronos of the No, West. Kronos, no, Kronos was the Titan of time. Yes. He was. But there was the four court. Those were the four who helped him. Oh. I know one of them starts with so a K. So there's, uh, K- 
Krios. Something. So there's Krios. One second. Uh, before. We are actually searching this up right now. The four <laughs> titans. Uh, the four titans. Greek mythology. We'll tell you what we find. Mythology. There you go. Um, so here's the list of There's Kronos, Oceanus, who, of course went in to the ocean, who is another primordial god, whose name I can't remember. Hmm? It was like Urus or something like that. Something that started with an U. So you have Kronos, Uranus, Iapetus, Hyperion. Hyperion was... Uh, Creus, okay. Coeus, Rhea, Tethys, Thea, Phoebe, Themis, and Nemesine. And so, the four were... So you have Hyperion on the east with the rising sun, Iapetus in the west with the setting sun. Funny thing. Iapetus means impaler. Yes. He had the, he had the spear thing. <laughs> uh, and then Creus and Coeus were respectively the north and the south. And Hyperion had, was, drove the sun chariot before Apollo. Mm, right? No. Yeah. No. Helion. Helion. Hyperion. Because Helion sided with the gods during the Great yes. War. And then but eventually Apollo. Yes. Hyperion is the rising sun. Helion is the sun. Oh, yeah. Also, Rhea married Kronos. No, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Just saying. So, these 12 kids, what happens is. So, of course, they're playing around. And then Oranus and Gaia have another set of children. And these are the three big cyclops. Yes. Oranus doesn't like them and throws them into Tartarus, which is a great pit, and locks them up there. And this makes Gaia upset. Very upset. Also, Oranus has a scythe, which comes in later. We're not there yet. Give us a moment to explain all the different children. And so Cyclops, basic standard set. So these master Cyclopses eventually make weapons for the Great War, which we will get to. And then uh, they make it up for a little bit. And then there's a third group of children that are born who are called the Hundred-Handed Ones. I can't remember their Greek name. There's Briaris, and then there's two other ones. And so basically... Imagine this. You have a head on top, you have two feet on the bottom, and then you have a body. But instead of having two arms coming out the side of the body, there's a hundred hands. I'm gonna sneeze. Good. Sorry about that. <laughs> like loud sneezes, okay? And so, Oranus, also not liking them, throws them into the pit, Tartarus, with the Master Cyclopses. So, that's interesting. Now Gaia's upset, and now she's mad. And so she goes to her children, the Titans, and asks them uh, if they will help her take down Uranus. And so Kronos steps up, the youngest one, because he's like, I want, the, I, want, I, want, I want to be the ruler. If he's down, I'm I gonna be the, the ruler. Ah. Yeah, he was a power-hungry psycho. You're a goofy goober. Ah. 
What was that from? Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry You're about it. You're a goofy it. goober? Do you not understand that? No. Okay, just keep going then. What is it? You've got me curious. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Fine. I guess you guys will have to wonder as well. I'm sure they'll know. <sighs> oh well. And so, Kronos asked for four of his brothers to help him. Those people being Iapetus, Hyperion, Creus, and Coius. And so they hold down the two arms and the two legs while... Okay, this is about to get dark. While Kronos holds a scythe that Gaia gave him. Well, actually, no. Here's the whole story. So Gaia entices him to come down, take a corporeal form. Um, and then she's saying that they make up. And then they jump on him, hold him down to the earth so he's out of his domain, which means he's weak and powerless. And then they take the scythe, and Kronos takes the scythe while the other four are holding him down. And he starts off by chopping off his dinker. Oh. I never heard. Okay. That's what he starts with. And then he chops his father into a million itty bitty pieces. But he starts off with his wee dinker. So. That doesn't make any sense, but actually. It does make sense? Yes. It does make sense? And then what happens is that they toss him into the ocean so he can never regain form again. Like, he can never have, like, a form of consciousness. Like, he still exists, but he can never really come into being again. The sky is still there, basically. The sky is still there. He still exists. He just will never have the strength again to regain consciousness. So the sky is dormant. Which is why the sky is falling. Atlas... Oh, yeah, good point. So, continuing. So, then Kronos, like like he promised his mother, frees the hundred-handed ones and the Cyclopses for a little bit. He marries Rhea, uh, who is another Titan, his sister. They get married. (laughs) See how Anyways... You, if, if you're going to do that every time that is mentioned, you're going to be saying that a lot. Yes. We have a lot of stuff to work through. Speaking of which, how are we on time? Okay. What? We have spent ten minutes so far on a creation story that isn't over yet. Well, daily, if you think about it, it has. No, it's not. You gotta get to the gods. Fine. Speaking of which... Here we have the man-eater, or the child-eater, as you can see. So Kronos uh, gets this prophecy that his children will overthrow him like day, just like he overthrew his father. Right? And so he decides not to have kids, and then eventually he decides to have kids, because all of his siblings are having kids. You gonna do it again? <laughs> all of his siblings uh, are having kids. Nope, let's just keep going. Um, and then continuing from here so all the siblings are having kids so he finally decides to have kids and so uh, Rhea gets pregnant and then the first child is born which is Hestia actually she's considered the youngest of all the gods because she is the last one to be thrown up 
but she was the firstborn. She was the firstborn. And so she's eaten first by her father because he sees like the power is different and the golly powers and he's afraid, so he eats her. You know, like a good father. Uh, and then uh, five other kids are born. I believe it's the females and the males. Am I right? Probably Demeter. Yeah, so Demeter, Hera, followed by Hades, Poseidon, all of whom are eaten. And then, and then what Rhea decides to do when hey, Zeus like comes kids. out, hey, I want to have a kid. So she goes and hides him and then presents a rock with must no, never mind. Wrapped up in a cloth to Kronos. And so then what Kronos does is he doesn't hesitate, he just eats. No. And so now there's a rock in his belly, along with the five other gods. And so Zeus has like a kind of a peaceful life, he grows up, and then eventually he goes over to the palace. And there's this whole story, long and complicated. But eventually, he ends up killing Kronos with, like, poisoning him, something along those lines. He feeds Kronos a mustard-vinegar mixture, causing him to throw up uh, the rest of his kids, which is Zeus's siblings. And then... And then they turn around, and they proceed to fight Kronos. But then eventually they run away, because then they fight the whole big war. Yes. And so then what happens? So, like... Even though Kronos had allowed the Cyclopses and the Hundred-Handed Ones to come out, he didn't like them that much and eventually ended up throwing them back in Tartarus. And so the gods take him out and help them. And then... So the Cyclops made Zeus his lightning bolt. Poseidon, Poseidon his, his trident. trident. And then and Hades, Hades his helm of, of darkness. Which basically makes him invisible. Hey, you stole my thunder there. Hey, I'm missing Link. <laughs> okay, yeah, good point. <laughs> For once. <laughs> um, yeah, continuing. And then, so the whole, the whole Great War happens. There are some titans who decide to side with the gods, such as Helion, uh, Nemesine, who has memory, and so on and so forth. Then Prometheus, who Prometheus. created the human... Co- who created the human race. Then proceeded to give them fire. <laughs> Against Zeus's liking. Um, which, gets, which gets into the whole conversation on how really humans... But let's not talk about that. Let's right not talk now. about that. And so... And then, here's an interesting story. We have the, creators, the creation of the oldest Olympian. Who is really the most powerful. What's her name? Aphrodite! Aphrodite. <laughs> the goddess of love. Made from sea foam. Not right. from sea foam. So basically, when Uranus's body parts are chucked into the ocean, that kind of godly acre, which is the name of gods and titans and Bloods. such blood, uh, mixed with the sea foam to create Aphrodite, who then emerged on a... who then was brought forth from the inside of an oyster shell... So the oyster shell opened, and there Aphrodite was, and she walked up onto the shore. And then there were the gods, and then she kind of was, like, alone for a little bit, helped by, like, dryads and stuff, because she's so pretty, and so everyone likes her. And then she's introduced to the gods after the Great War, and they're just like, pretty, 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 she's ours. (laughs) And, yeah. I'm gonna give you this for a moment, as I'm sick, and I kind of need to blow my nose. Keep talking. Here, I have 
Anyways, so next we have um, probably just the 12 Olympians. So that's, oh, once they defeated Kronos, um, they decided to split up the, the world. So the three strongest, which was Poseidon, Zeus, the big three. Which is Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades decided to draw lots on which they want to take. Poseidon got first, but instead of choosing the sky, he decided to choose the water because he liked the ocean. No, Zeus chose first. No, Poseidon. Yeah. Zeus got the longest stick, so he chose first. Then Poseidon got the middle sized stick, and then Hades got the shortest stick, so Hades got the last choice. Yeah. But just wondering if they caught that. But Poseidon, Poseidon wanted the ocean anyways. Yeah, so Zeus wanted the sky because he wanted to be ruler of all and watch over everything. Poseidon took the sea because he kind of liked the ocean. It was chill like that. And then Hades took whatever was left, which was basically the underworld. It fitted his more dark and gloomy personality and a whole home of darkness thing, but he didn't exactly like it. Yes, and that's why he never really joined the... He was always an outsider. Which I'm sure a lot of people can understand. And so, enter the 12, the Intermount Olympus, which had the, the throne room for the 12 gods of Olympus. It was the second tallest mountain before, I think it's like, it was not something else. Whatever the Titans, the titans were. Um, and a darker sounding name, of course. And so Mount Olympus, Mount Olympus, home of the gods. And then shenanigans happened, and more kids were born. So then you, you have... Know, just, just, you know, that friendly, that too friendly relationship with your aunts and uncles. Well, the cleanest one is actually Athena, who just sprang form from Zeus's thought. True. But then Hephaestus, who was born just solely by Hera, not a male counterpart, because she wanted to prove that she could do stuff alone, and then he was so ugly that she tossed him to off of Mount Olympus, and then eventually he comes back, and then he chops her. That's a whole other story. Uh, he takes, like, a hammer and a chisel and literally cracks open Zeus's skull so Athena can come out. Yep. That's fabulous. That's always a nice mood. Hephaestus, so I guess we'll start with him is the god of machinery, blacksmith, anything Actually, anything that you so really Ares. Ares. Ares, the god of war. He was a uh, more uh, He's the child of Hera and Zeus, one of the actual legitimate sons. Yes. Daughters. He uh, almost is actually legitimate to the two of them. There's Ares. You got to work we got to work our way through the rounds. Um, all right. So Apollo and Artemis are from Leto, who is a titan. Let's so go through. Let's just go through this. So we'll start with Ares. Ares is more of your primal god of war compared to his Roman counterpart. Um, he really, he really kind of controls everything warlike. I guess he's well, Athena's military strategy. Athena's more of yeah. Athena's smart. Athena's got the strategy part of war, but 
Ares does not. Ares has got the brute strength and the brutality and kind of just the desire to fight and be chaotic. Rage. His, he has two sons. Uh, rage and fear, Phobos I believe. And yes. I don't. Is it rage and fear? It's something in fear. It's something in fear. You're right. Phobos is fear. Demios is something else that I can't remember. Anyways, so then, so moving on, he marries Artemis. I, to I don't know why. Who? No, 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 no. He, she. Artemis marries Hephaestus. Artemis. Yes. Doesn't marry. Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. I mean. Is a virgin. Uh, Athena. No, Athena. This uh, Athena. Goddess of wisdom is also a virgin. Hestia, goddess of the hearth, is also a virgin. It's uh. I don't know why I said that. It's uh. Aphrodite. Aphrodite marries Hephaestus. Aphrodite is basically married to Ares. Yes. Aphrodite is the father too. Oh, remember that funny story where Aphrodite and Ares were caught having sex? Yes. In, I think it was Hephaestus's bed, and so he decided, hey, I'm gonna trap this. So we caught them all in a golden net. He got the both of them in a golden net, which they couldn't escape from, and then they were humiliated there for like a solid week. They were trapped there. <laughs> uh. So you know, just just classic godly shenanigans, catching them in the middle of a. Your fancy time. <laughs> Basically, she married Hephaestus because she knew that well, he wasn't going to be Zeus, home a lot. Zeus and Hera decided uh, that that she would marry Hephaestus because oh. he was the least pretty of them mm-hmm. and the least desirable. And it's like so. There's like no argument over it. Yep. Um, which is also the only marriage which is not really to a family member. Nope. Well. If you could call, well, isn't I'm not sure what to call her, ish, because she was birthed from sea sea foam, another one sprung forth from the head, sprung forth from the head. There's a lot of interesting ways to get born here. (laughs) Um. So we have Ares, we have Aphrodite, which is the goddess of love, beauty, and appearance. Vanity. Vanity. Um. Players. The god of players. <laughs> and Playboy, you can almost say. Um, I think she has a son, Cupid. Cupid. Which is... Well, no, Eros, who is also Don. My name is Eros in Greek mythology. Um, and you have... So moving on, you have Hephaestus, which we talked about earlier, which is really uh, the god of smithing and really just creation building stuff. You have I guess we should start with Apollo and Artemis. Apollo and and Artemis are twins of the relationship between um, Zeus and Leto. Yeah. So this whole interesting story with Leto. So Hera finds out that Zeus had sex with Leto. And so what Hera decides to do is she forces every piece of land that is grounded to the earth, uh, well, that is grounded, that she cannot have, that Leto cannot rest or have time to give birth there. So Leto is running around even while she's in labor. And so eventually she finds an island, a floating island, 
Deimos, correct? I yes. can't remember the name. Deimos. Deimos? Okay. Yeah. Demios. No, it's Dem- not Demios. One second. It's Deimos, I swear. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Leto lies. So Leto finally finds this floating island. Well, fine. Leto finally finds this floating island. And so since it's not ground to the earth, she's allowed to sit down and give birth. Told you. It is a Leto's birth island. We're looking this up as well, just to be sure. Um, and so, Artemis comes out first, immediately grows to the size of a small girl, and helps with the birth of her brother, Apollo. And so, here, oh, I'm going to start this up quickly. Uh, what a birth... Delos. I was close. You were close. You weren't there yet. And so, as a result of Leto giving birth on the island, uh, the island grounds itself and creates these flowers, almost like they're yellow flowers. They're they're kind of pretty, and they're called the Curse of Delos because it grounded the land. Mm-hmm. It grounded the floating island. So now, if the same thing would happen to Leto again, she would not be able to give birth unless she was on a boat. But then again, that's always rocky, so that's difficult. But I'm sure she'd make it work eventually. <laughs> yeah. And so, Artemis and Apollo. Those are interesting fellows. <laughs> Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. She is... She has her band of hunters called the Hunters of Artemis, who are maidens who are never going to fall in love, basically. So they're preserved in their youth. So it's like, if you're eight years old, you could be, you say, I never want to be with a guy or anything. She would willingly take you and you would join the hunt and you'd become this amazing badass, but at the same time, you would never, uh, you would never be allowed to fall in love, just in general. Or age. Or age, yeah. So you don't, you cannot die unless you are murdered or like you're killed in battle or something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of nice. Um, and then you have Apollo. Oh, yeah, and then Artemis also has a way of swaying uh, her father, Zeus. Yeah. Just just because. And then you have Apollo, who's basically the stick. <laughs> He's not the nicest person. He's very uh, egotistical. I mean... Seeing as he became the sun god, it kind of makes sense because the world revolves around the sun, so he believed the world revolves around him. Mm-hmm. So the kind of ego makes sense. But, but at the same time, nice. but at the same time, oh my gosh, he should stop being such a prick. So he becomes the god of way too many things. Uh, music, poetry, prophecy, uh, archery, which he shares with Artemis medicine, who he eventually hands off to his son, Asclepius, but he still becomes, he's still kind of the god of medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually he takes over from Helios to tighten the sun to become the god of the sun. That's the egocentric personality. Also, speaking of the uh, medicine, he, the staff that the medicine 
uh, oh my gosh, community so shows. Annoying. So Asolipsis is, I can never pronounce the name, Asolipsis staff is a staff that has one snake, it has one snake on it, okay? One snake. Hermes staff, we'll get to him in a bit, but Hermes staff has two snakes going around it. Hermes is the god of messengers. God of medicine, one snake. God of messengers, two snakes. So why do all the hospitals have a staff with two snakes on it in their symbol? I'm sorry, this bothers me a lot. Okay, moving on. Should we move on to Hermes next? next? Hermes, let's just go ahead and go with Hermes. Can't remember the name of the mother of Hermes. Either way, he's born in a cave, and then he goes out and steals Apollo's sacred cows... But he makes a leer in the process, so he trades the leer for, like, Liar. not getting in trouble. Liar. Uh, for not getting in trouble. And so, yeah, he kind of gets off scot-free, and he's like the god of thieves and... Thievery. Stealing. Basically messengers. just a scoundrel. Yeah, he's kind of a dirty scoundrel. But he's also the messenger god, so he ferries around messages, which is where the winged shoes come in. Even though he can technically fly, because he's a god. Or you can use your winged shoes. Either way, that's where the imagery of the winged shoes came from. And we are sorry this is such a long episode. I know we were going to do Greek and Roman, but I don't think that's going to happen. Nope. <laughs> so we'll just leave this at Greek mythology. Who's next? Um... Quick run through. So this is God's... Um, so, yeah, the three main gods. The three big gods. I'm getting that. I'm just listing out all the gods so we know what we've done. So we have Hades, Poseidon, Zeus. Then we have Hera, goddess of marriage and, like, being an honest human being. Um, goddess of the household. Demeter, who is the goddess of crops and planting in, wild, in wilderness. Hestia, the goddess of the hearth. You have, of the children, you have... Ares, Artemis, Hephaestus, Apollo, Artem... Ares, Ares, Hephaestus, uh, Artemis, Apollo, Aphrodite, as well as Athena. And then you have Dionysus. And I think that's all of the big 12, really, the big 13. The big 12 were the major 12 gods. I'm calling you Mr. D. I can't pronounce his name. Dionysus? That, I don't think that's correct. I think it's Either way... That... So those are all the major gods. So Athena, Goddess of Wisdom... Battle strategy... Architecture... I could keep going... Either way, we have way too much information to talk about here. So... This may just be a part one. We may just have it here and leave it at the Greek mythology creation story. But... Either way, since we're out of time, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed Mythology and lo- uh, Folklore with Luke and Sasha. I'm Sasha. I'm Luke. And thank you for listening.